Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, my friends, I want to let you all know that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead, after being knocked down, is now available for pre-order. I'll make sure the link is available in the show notes below. All right, my friends, let's do the show. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome, everyone, to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. If you guys are listening to this, I want to ask you a very important question. Are you happy? Can you really say right now that you are happy? With everything that is going on in the world, are you truly happy? I asked this question to my guest today, Beulah Kowali. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, he is an actor, he is a a dad to twins, and he's also a husband. And he's also one of those people who I think many of you are going to honestly love his story. He has come up from quite literally uh, some really, really crazy roots and he fell into acting and you'll soon learn why he fell into acting in just a moment. But Beulah is going to be seen in the the upcoming film. It's already out now called Jewel. He stars opposite Aaron Paul and Karen uh, Gillan. Uh, it's available, I believe, on digital right now, so you can go and check that out. He's also been in Thank You for Your Service, which was uh, he starred opposite Miles Teller too. He also starred in the horror film Shadow in the Cloud, and he's going to be seen in Taika Waititi's Next Goal Wins, uh, which is just uh, finished, I believe. So it's coming out very, very soon. Uh, he starred in the 10th season of CB. CBS's hit show Hawaii Five-O. Uh, he plays Junior Reigns, a former Navy SEAL who just returned from serving his country, hoping to repurpose his skills as a member of Five-O. Uh, and this conversation, I think, was real. It was personal. Bueller wasn't afraid to open up, which I really am grateful for. Uh, his story is wild and crazy, but don't get don't get me wrong. Uh, right now, it's also truly inspiring how one person can go from growing up with crazy, crazy roots to becoming the kind of star that he is today. He's also really, really humble, and I appreciate 
uh, that about him enormously. And when I asked him, is he happy, I loved his answer. And I think many of you are going to get inspired by his answer too um, in just a moment. So, my friends, if you do get something from this one, please share it around to all your friends and your family. Let everyone know about this one. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review before you go as well so you don't miss an episode and so that I can bring on more amazing people like Beulah for you guys as well. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box as we listen to the incredible, and I mean the incredible, wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than Beulah Kowale. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jay. Appreciate it. Welcome, man. So good to have you here. My very first question for you, man, I think you might like this one. What does success look like for you? Uh. Uh, success looks like for me, um, it looks like it's going to sound weird. And I think about it every day. I, I think about my deathbed and I, and I always think about those last thoughts and success looks like I'm, I'm there taking my last person and I'm going, okay, I have no regrets. I've done everything I possibly could to, um, to chase the dream and, 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 and the dream is career, the dream is family. Uh, the dream is, um, you know, everything that I love in my heart. So uh, at the end of the day, that's what success looks like to me. So and no regrets. Um, and I took on every challenge that was put in front of me. Yeah. When you say no regrets, do you have any regrets at all currently? No, no. Uh, in terms of career, no, because I usually run towards, I, I have accomplished um, that my soul has had since I was, I think, I don't know how how long I've had this, but since I was a kid, usually when I'm scared of something, I have to run towards it until I figure it out. And I don't leave until I'm not scared of it anymore. Um, and then and then once I figure that out, I, I look for the next thing that's scary. Yeah. Why do, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's it's been like that for you? I think, I think definitely because of my like background, um, growing up where I came from, I grew up in like the hood of um, New Zealand and we didn't have a lot of money. I got, I got up to, you know, I could have went the wrong route. Um, and I did a little bit, but I was lucky enough to never get caught and, and, and have other people who kind of looked after me and, and, and knew that I was going to be something and push me towards that, um, push me towards and, and just telling me, no, nah, go chase the acting thing. Um, so I've, I've always kind of just had like a chip on my shoulder to, to prove people wrong that I can, I can figure this out. And um, the further along I've, I've gotten in my career and the more success I've had, um, the, the, the feeling of the challenge stays the same. Uh, the feeling of, so no matter how big or anything I get, I'm confident in myself knowing that I'm I'm not going to change because all I'm chasing is a challenge, and that I've been chasing that thing since I was like ten years old. So, yeah. Did you ever think that one day you would get to the level of, in terms of your, your career, the level that you're at when you were growing up? Uh, when I was growing up, no. Uh, well, I didn't even want want to be an actor. I was a rugby player my whole life, and a pretty good one. And um, you know, I fell into acting by accident. But then once I made the decision that 
I'm going to be an actor full-time um, at 21. Uh, I never forget that. I made a theater show and I told in this theater show, and I said it in my vows to my wife, I wrote like my list, my dreams, my goals, and I said it to the world. And I achieved everything in that, um, in that bucket list that I wrote for myself. And um, from that moment at 21, I said that I was going to be the biggest actor in the world. And um, that's, you know, I'm on my way to that. So I know I'm going to do it, but I guess I didn't know I was going to do it when I was a kid. Well, you're well on your way, man, to be honest with you. Like for my audience that have seen the kind of films you're in, they're not small budget films. They're quite big Hollywood style blockbuster films. So you're well on your way, in my opinion, man. And you you mentioned there that you were a pretty good rugby player. Why not continue becoming a more of a famous rugby rugby player? Why go into the acting sphere? Yeah, I didn't chase it for fame, but also I played. I didn't know until later on. I played rugby because um, that was how I knew how to express myself. Right. You know, um, I played rugby because I was an angry kid, and I always. It was either hit someone else or get hit legally and not get in trouble. And um, what I would always let out was just anger. And um, my drama, when I first joined the drama group, we didn't have a drama in school because we couldn't afford it. So in my last year of high school, they made a club. Um, you got to join it. If you joined it, um, uh, you get you got to skip three other classes on Monday. So I, the next rugby meeting, I was the vice captain. And I told the rugby team, most of us are going to join this drama club and we're all going to skip a bunch of classes for fun. You know, then I, I got there, we'd done the drama thing. I ended up kind of liking it secretly, but this, uh, this theater lady, uh, Sam Scott, who's still a massive part of my life now, who's um, told me, you can let out more than just um, anger. You can let out love, you can let out happiness, you can let out joy, sadness, fear. And, and uh, I, I looked at her question as a, like, what do you mean? You guys, in this in this art world, you can do that. And I'm always, I, I just remember just pondering that question and I was always intrigued by it. So, and I'm still intrigued by it now. I guess that's why I'm still in it because I'm always trying to figure out what other questions are out there to answer for myself. To, um, yeah, so I, I chase it because of that. What made you an angry kid, do you think? Uh, life. Definitely, uh, life. Just uh, growing up, okay, growing up the way I did. Didn't have great ma um, male role models. I had zero, zero male role models. <laughs> They're all terrible. And 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 I surround myself with good male role models um, now. And I, I I pride myself on being that as well for my family. Um, also, the environment that I grew up in. But um, in the same breath. That environment is um, is why I have the special talent that I have, and why I have the glint in my eyes and the things that I can access for my craft. So um, I love that I have that, you know, because all of that stuff I access and I do it with every job. I, I, I I'm a massive believer in making um, my characters real and coming from a, a real place. So I always try and base it off something in my life, and then. Either blow it up, um, bring it down a little bit, and add research to it. But the, the heart of that character comes from me. I want to get back to your creative process in just a moment because I think it's very interesting for people to hear. 
But what would you say in your life, Bueller, was the most vulnerable moment for you? Uh, my father, my father leaving us. Mm. Uh, so I, I grew up with my 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 father. We have four brothers, one sister. And one day my dad went to work and he just didn't come back. And he 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 left and had an affair with another woman, took off to another country. And I was working. It was all like he was my hero. My father was like the greatest man in my life. And that one single day, that all changed. He just disappeared. And um, still to this day, today, last night, even last night, um, it, it, it wrecks me. It destroys me. I just had a conversation with my wife and I was apologizing to my wife. I'm sorry, babe, I can't. Um, I know the answer. I have to forgive him, but it's really hard. You know, it's really hard. I, I don't know how to do it. So it's something I have to navigate. Um, but uh, that is that, that that was the most vulnerable place in my life because I became father of my family. And I had to work like two or three jobs to try and provide for my siblings who were still in school and my mom and pay a mortgage. And um, this is was all happening when I first got my American start. So yeah. while I was having this success career-wise in my real life, everything was going downhill. And um, it was a perfect marriage of like, all right, something's about to blow up. But when I done thank you for your service, that's when my father left. And I just used that film to let out my anger that I had inside of me. So everyone's like, that was crazy insane. They didn't know that I was just releasing what I was going through in that moment onto that film. I appreciate you sharing that, man, because I know it's not an easy thing to actually share and, and be vulnerable on, on the show and, and open up like that. So I do appreciate you doing that. What kept you going during that? Because life was just really, really tough for you. It was really, really challenging. You having this small little start, I guess, in, in Hollywood at the time, but what kept you going moving forward what didn't what stopped you from quitting my drive i've always been a driven person I've, and i'm always very competitive I've, i know that you ask anyone that knows me close i'm one of the most competitive people that you ever meet at, at anything um and then just um i i like when when the chips are stacked against me that's when i perform my best and i almost love it like I love pressure. I love when 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 life doesn't feel um, great. Even like right now, my family we're going through a rough time, and I'm just like, guys, this is this is good. You know, this is like we we I know we know how to deal with this. You know, it's just baby steps, and it's always the long road. And my agent always talks to me. Goes, nothing ever happens easy with B, but usually when something bad happens. Something really good is around the corner. So I'm always um, I'm always looking at that um, light going. It's right there. I just we we just have to keep pushing, follow my lead, and we'll get there. Yeah. Thank you once again for sharing that because I needed to hear it. We're going through something as a family at the moment, which we need. Yeah, is that that challenging aspect and trying to keep your cool, trying to be calm during that that season, I guess a challenging season is really, really difficult to do, but you're right. There is something greater around the corner 
And it's mm. just about being patient as much as we hate being patient. <laughs> that word sucks. But then waiting for that amazing thing that is just around the corner. So just mm. keep on going until that amazing thing actually comes to fruition. It actually happens. So, yeah, I know what that's like, man, but appreciate you sharing that. Easy. Easy. I like talking about it because it's, uh, I feel like it's easy to talk about because everyone goes through it. So yeah. uh, it shouldn't be hard for me to talk about it because it will help other people. So, yeah. How did you, how did you meet your wife? Uh, I met her at Round the Base, um, which is a, a charity event where you, uh, you know, everyone goes for, how long it is maybe it's a 10k run and you're just oh. raising money for a charity and uh, i was on a tv show the soap opera of new zealand called shortland street back in the day and um i was running along with the with the famous new zealand tv guys and i see this girl in this in this group of thousands like there's a cluster of people and i see this girl and i'm like whoa look at her and my mate, um, Matt, at the time, was like, come on, man, go over and talk to her. I was about 20, 20 at the time. And uh, I was like, nah, man, I don't talk to girls. I don't know how to talk to girls. Like, I have zero game. And um, so the whole um, run, we walk it because I'm just trying to keep this girl on my side. And then I finally muster up the courage to, to go talk to her, and I lose her in the crowd. And at that time, during 2010, maybe, um, I, I was on Facebook and, you know, I was a young kid and heaps of people were adding me on Facebook because I was on TV and I flipped through my friend list and it was like a lottery thing. Like it just it stopped and she stopped right in the middle and I just clicked. I didn't know it was her. I clicked on it and I went, oh, that's the girl from the thing. And my first message I sent her was, um, are you the girl from around the base? She goes, yeah. And uh, now, you know, we've been together coming out to 10 years with twin babies, uh, one coming on the way. And um, like, yeah, we're, we're solid, man. Like that's my, that's my world right there. Yeah. How long did it take for you guys to actually start dating? Was it like instantaneous or? Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Cause I don't know how the dating thing worked. Cause she was like, kind of like my first girlfriend, like proper girlfriend. And I didn't know how that worked. And I remember <laughs> I, maybe it was like two months two or three months. I was at McDonald's and I had like a burger ring, burger rings, you know, burger rings. Yeah. yeah. And, I and I was like, Hey, can I put this on your hand? He said, yeah. I was like, I don't know how this boyfriend thing works, but you want to be my girlfriend? And she's like, yeah, like I'll, my mom's been asking for ages. Are you guys a thing? I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we went together. And uh, yeah, I asked to be my girlfriend at McDonald's and uh, the new short. So. What do you love the most about your wife? Uh, she's very honest. She's very frank with me. And she doesn't care about what I do. Um, from day one, didn't care. Um, I, I remember dating her, uh, just hanging out with her. And going, do you care I'm on this TV show? And she said to me straight to my face, she's the most soft talking person you ever meet. She goes, who do you think you are? And I was like, yeah, I love that. You know? So um, I love that about my, and she's also just like, a, she's the standard for moms, for, for mothers. She's a great mother to my, my children. So, yeah. What was it like for you to become a dad man for the first time? 
dude, it was pretty crazy, man. Like, and even that life as well. Like, uh, our kids were born, twins are usually born premature, but our kids were born three months early. So they're in incubators and we're in intensive care for about four months. Mm-hmm. And my son came out dead <laughs> when, they, when they cut him out. Cause had to, we had to, we knew one was having trouble. But I remember in that moment when he came out and nothing was happening, we kind of knew. And I was looking at my wife, she's behind the sheets and I'm looking at her. She's like, what's he look like? I'm like, really good. They rush him over to, you know, try and bring him back to life and bring this little baby back to life. And um, that was a challenge. Another challenge is life throws at you and, and um, you're just like, all right, cool. But being a dad or uh, in, in terms of that moment, that was a, that was a really crap start to being a father. <laughs> just just having man. a dead child in front of you just like, all right. Oh, welcome to Dad World. But um, being a being a father is is, is a, a bigger goal than my career. It's it's I want to be the man that my father never was, and I love that I achieved that with my kids. Like I catch myself in moments, so many moments, where I could just be sitting here reading a book or singing Maori songs to my kids, and I'd just be crying, you know, because I like those are the little things. I'm like man, I'm killing it as a dad. <laughs> like, dude, I never got this. Or like the fact that my kids, I say I love you a million times to my kids. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm killing it as a father and I, I take pride in it. I love that, man. I'm not a dad yet, so yeah. I can't relate. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. But yeah, man. what would you say as a father has been your biggest lesson? Uh, biggest lesson is not put my trauma onto my kids. You know, that's kind of something that I try and check um, all the time as well. Uh, they taught me how to love. They taught me what real love is and how challenging it is. Um, but also, yeah, one of the biggest lessons is don't, don't, don't put my trauma into my kids. And that meant a lot of soul searching and a lot of, um, uh, like I had to forgive a lot of the people that um, done me wrong, and that's hard. Um, and I'm still trying to forgive, you know, some people. And 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 I only forgive them not because I like them, but for the sake of my children, because I don't want any of their energy to bleed into my to me being a uh, have negative energy towards my kids, you know. So. Yeah. Your kids are looking up to you as a father and as as a man too, making a a real man in today's day and age. And do you believe that a real man is capable of really forgiving, even though it's really, really difficult? Yeah. Yeah. I think a real man is capable of that. I've done it before. Um, And I, I know... And I ask myself this question as well. It's 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 very simple to do, but very hard to do at the same time. Um, uh, I have to remove so many things like my ego, uh, the pain, um, in order for me to do that. Um, but it, it's a process. I, I never forget the first time I got taught forgiveness was one of my Navy SEAL mates in Hawaii. He's very religious, but he he could see. Um, you know, I was having the best time of my life in Hawaii, but he could see that I wasn't happy because there was a bunch of stuff going on and he sat me down and he uh, talked to me about forgiveness and forgiving 
um, my father for the sake of my kids. And that was all I needed to hear. And, and, and uh, yeah, that was hard. But I remember when I did, it was like a whole weight lifted off my shoulders. And like, I'm not even saying that just because that's what people say. Like, that was for real. Like, I could feel the weight off. But, yeah. Yeah, they say that even if that person doesn't really accept the apology or if you, if you can't go to them and mm-hmm. they, don't, they never apologize to you, it's not about that. It's about you forgiving yourself or forgiving that person from your standpoint yeah. so that you can feel at peace, you can be free. That's it, man. Like, we're never going to be friends. And that's what I thought forgiveness was. It's like, nah, it just means that you don't run my life anymore and you're not allowed to have hate in my heart, you know? Um, if anything, I love you for, and I feel sorry for you and I will take that energy towards my kids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's it. Are you happy today? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I guess you're always trying to search for happiness and life always throws you curveballs and like I said, we'll go through some stuff the family and uh, I'm happy because I know I'm way further ahead in life in terms of uh, my mental and spiritual um, setting like I know what to do um, but currently no I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not happy and uh, I think there's strength in saying when you're not happy you know there's this power in there I like it when I ask people hey you're good bro and they go no nah, I'm actually not I'm like cool all right let's well, let's have a conversation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Cause that's real, man. That's the authentic truth. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to lie to yourself oh. and to that other person. Cause then if you believe a lie, you just feel miserable. You're constantly questioning yourself. Hey, is this really true or not? Like yeah. what's going on here? So I appreciate you being honest with me, man. And yeah. I, I hope and, and I hope and pray that everything for you does get better like all we're mentioning before, just around the corner. Just hold on. It is, man. And that's it. Like, I almost smile at it because I'm like, it's, it has to happen. There's, like, there's no other way but to fight through it and the positive, the light is right there. Like, it happens every time in my life, every time this happens. I'm just like, I'm almost used to it. Mm. Right there. It's right there. With the time that we have left, man, sorry to speed things along because I know I could spend forever on this, but what is your creative process like for those people that are wondering, what does it involve? It's, it's all dependent on the job at hand as well. Um, so it's, it's always different. I kind of like think of it as like fight camps. So mm-hmm. I train certain things for um, certain jobs that require it. So for thank you for your service, without knowing, I went pretty method. And I didn't know I was doing it because I didn't go to no school. I didn't go to how to learn how to act. Like, but thank you for your service. I knew nothing about American military. I had a terrible American accent. So I said, I'm just going to speak an American accent nonstop for three months until I get it good. And I knew nothing about PTSD or the military. So I rotted some meat because my character senses his, his smell was a massive sense trigger. So I like rotted some meat, blacked out a room, got sent a bunch of images from some soldier guys and played some rock music and just sat in a room and just listened to this. And when I go on set, when Jason required certain 
um, things from me. He would secretly sneak in some meat onto shit that was rotten. Hope I knew it was in there because I like instantly everything that I trained up for that scent that was attached to that came up and he would just try and hold me down and be like, okay, I just keep it in your eyes. No anger, just keep it all in your eyes. So um, yeah, like that job, I've kind of done that for a couple of other jobs. Something like Duel, um, it, that was like, it, it was awesome because um, I had to remove everything that I learned as an actor because of Riley's um, way of directing. He's very, he's very different and he's very Riley Stern. So only Riley Stern can direct and make a film that he is. So it uh, required me to remove my ego and just be like, hey, bro, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm sorry, man. Um, can you help me? Can you help me figure this out? And and he was just like, yeah, man, that's, that's what I want to do. I was like, cool, let's, let's do it. And we got to um, play and I got to add another tool to, to my satchel of um, tricks. How did you get the role for Jewel? Crazy. Didn't audition. It was over a phone call. So I, don't know, I got sent. And I was script and I watched his film and I was like, I really want to work with this guy because first of all, I'm scared of comedy and mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know any, like I'm not, a, I'm scared of sci-fi. So I have to do these things. And then um, Riley Stern was also like, I was like, I want to do a film like that because after doing TV, I knew I wanted to just drop that and go do movies now. Cause, um, and then um, I, he called me up. I've done all this research. Usually when I meet someone, I research them for about five days and then I try and know everything about them. He called me up at the wrong time. It was like dinner time and shower time with the kids. And I was like, dude, you called me at the worst time. Like I'm trying to get these kids off the table and into a bathroom. They're screaming in the background and I'm so sorry, man. I watched your film, blah, blah, blah. And then I just, I said, hey, are you a good person, man? And he goes, yeah, I think I'm a good person. And I'm like, I, I, I think I'm a good person too. And I just want to work with good people. If that's you, man, I would love for that to work out. Um, I've got to go because my kid's screaming right now. I've got to put him in the bath. But I see you later, bro. And I hung up. And then uh, my agent calls me. He goes, how'd it go? I was like, well, that was terrible. Like, I'm sorry, man. And then, then the next day, my agent tells me, he's like, yeah, Riley, he, he wants to work with you and you're in the film. And uh, the world, the world works in crazy ways like that sometimes, you know, and a lot of the times for my work, it's always usually worked in that kind of way. Never the most, um, never the way that you're supposed to do it. There's always weird ways that it works for me. Like the unexpected, right? In a major, major way. (laughs) Wow, man. What is the, what is the film about for those people that are keen? So we're in a world where if you're about to die, if you're terminally ill, you you can make yourself you can make yourself a clone in I think 30 minutes. And oh. this clone just comes out and looks exactly like you, but needs to learn everything about you, how you talk, what you like. Um, and this clone is gonna replace you when you pass away. So your family doesn't need to grieve that you're gone. And we live in this world, uh, in this particular film, um, and in this world. If the person that was supposed to pass away ends up recovering and from their illness, you have to, like a Saturday night uh, rugby league match, you have to duel to the death. 
Um, and, and whoever wins um, gets to live out the rest of that person's life. And th this film is based around um, Karen Gillan's um, character who's been cloned and, um, and I play her husband and Aaron Paul plays one of the, the trainers that's training the real Sarah to try and kill the fake Sarah. And um, yeah, yeah it, it, that's the premise of it. It's about a bunch of other things. That sounds very interesting, man. When does it come yeah, out? Man. Uh, comes out this Friday in the States. Comes Sweet. Out States how, about, it, how about for the international people? I don't know. Wait longer. Yeah, I think we, you know, we always got to wait a little bit longer, but I don't, I don't know when it's going to come out for us. But, you know, the States will, I'm sure the States are going to love this film. It's, uh, it's, I love it because I'm like, yeah, man, I've done the challenge. I achieved the challenge that, um, uh, and I'm not as scared of sci-fi and comedy anymore. And I've got that extra tool in my satchel now. So you've seen the finished film? Yeah, man, it's great. It's like, you know, I this is the type of work I want to do where it's it's just, it's film. It's not a movie. It's film. It tells story and story. I'm like, I know I've been put on this earth by God to tell stories, whatever story that is, but like really good stories. And um, that's what I'm going to do. So um, to be a part of that, it's just like, I, to work with Riley, to work with Karen and Aaron and, um, tell a story that I never ever thought that a person like me could tell is uh, that's massive. Yeah, man. Well, I for one am looking forward to actually watching it. So I'll have to DM you on on Instagram after. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it'd, be, it'd be awesome to see. But two quick final questions for you, man. You, cool. you mentioned that you love stories and you're a good storyteller. This is a question that one of my guests actually gave to me so i can't take credit for it i wish i could but what is the current plot of your story that you're in the middle of right now of my story of your of story yeah what do you mean by plot like like you want me to tell you how my life is going it's, it, it's basically another way for saying what's next for you oh gotcha i'm gonna do off of this I'm going to do a series, a six-episode series on one of the major networks, either Apple, Netflix, whatever. And I always say I'm going to because I have to say that uh, it's going to happen. And then I'm going to do two more like kind of films like this where I, I film, where I tell a proper story. Then I'm going to hit the big time and make the money movie. And then I'm going to um, direct the film, my own short film. Ah. Um, and I'm going to also write a theatre show this year that I perform in my friend's living room uh, just for my friends to watch. And then I'm going to make a production company uh, and it's going to be called Run It Straight Productions. And I'm going, to cut, uh, I'm going to hire my friends, Dominic, Neil, and their wives and my wife, and we're going to run a production company where we tell not only our story, but everyone's story. So, yeah. Wow. The, the reason why I asked for that, we didn't have enough time for your response because <laughs> this is my all-time favorite question. I love asking all my guests at the very end. It is a hypothetical one. I think as a storyteller, as a film lover, I think you might love this one. And you also mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you do think about your legacy and, and, and death quite a bit. So this is a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. 
all your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy we, we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast, kind of. Um, I think about it a lot, and I don't know why. Uh, it's almost like how I think about what I want on my gravestone. I think about that a lot too. Um, and I tell myself, he was a great father. He was a great husband. He was a great son. He was a great brother. He was a great friend. And that's all that I want on that gravestone. I don't want, if I'm talked about as being an actor, I failed in life because um, because at the bottom of the list should be acting right at the bottom. He was a, he was a great actor because if I nail those top things, oh my faith is there as well. Everything else shall follow, um, and, and and that's kind of how I uh, well it is how I run my life. So um, it will be a lot of videos of just me and my family, um, the great times that we had, um, and just smiles. And in my funeral, everyone will be partying. No one will be sad. We'll be playing old school R&B. Um, we'll be playing Eric Clampton and yes. um, um, everything. You know, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, Islands in the Stream, which is my favorite song ever. You know, and everyone will be dancing and just celebrating life and not feeling sad. And, and um, I hope I leave behind that legacy that um, someone, someone else, if my kids, not anyone else, can um, get some inspiration from that and want to be like that, because that's what I, that's what I chase. I chase that. Yeah. Good old Kenny Rogers, the gambler. You can't go wrong with good old Kenny, bro. He's a man. Same with Eric Clapton. Uh, what, was, yeah. what was his most famous song? Isn't it? Uh, What's that? He had a couple of kids in heaven. And um, who sang knock three times? I don't know. I don't know who that was. It wasn't Eric Clapton. I can't remember either, but I think Eric Clapton sang that uh, my boy, he growing up just like me. Mm. What's that? What's Mm. that song? Damn it. My dad would know. (laughs) And Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Yep. Right. All these always great musicians, man. Hundred yeah. percent. Where do you want people to connect with you, man, and and learn more about you? Uh, I'm I'm just on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well, but I don't really use it. I'm I'm pretty much on Instagram. I'm I'm pretty active on there, and I I, I talk to people via that. Um, but for real, like for real, real, like I want you to connect with me in person. If you see me, like come up and talk to me. Um, uh, you know, if that's how I want to connect with people. Um, so, yeah. Well, man, if I ever see you in person, definitely. We're going to have an in-person yeah. conversation. Looking yeah. forward to I'll it. I'll hit you up because I'm coming to Australia in um, two weeks, I think, and the wedding's in Blacktown. So I'll be oh. pretty close. So let yeah, me know. man, you'll be around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How awesome is that? Well, hope to see you in maybe two weeks' time. We'll see what happens. But thank you so much, man, for your time. Really enjoyed this this conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining me on this Storybox podcast. 
Cool. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcast. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.